husbands, their own children. The cases that came to me were rich in drama, full of amazement and compelling emotions. But one thing was lacking, facts that could be verified, that offered objective proof that the memories were real. My children, and none of the other children whose memories I investigated, could remember their former names, or where they had lived, or any other hard facts that could be validated. That's why this compelling story of James Leininger is so unusual. But it is not unique. There is a large body of such verified cases in young children in non-Western cultures. Dr. Ian Stevenson, former head of the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Virginia Medical School, researched children's spontaneous past life recall for 40 years, beginning in the early 1960s. By his death in 2007, he had rigorously investigated and meticulously documented nearly 3,000 cases, mostly in Asia. Some 700 of these young children, usually under five, had such vivid past-life recall that they remembered their former names, where they had lived, the names of relatives, and very specific yet mundane details of their former lives, details that Dr. Stevenson proves they couldn't have known. Dr. Stevenson matched each child's statements, behaviors, personality quirks, and even physical attributes. He wrote an entire work on birthmarks and birth defects relating to past lives, to the facts of the actual person the child remembered being. The similarities go far beyond mere chance or coincidence. But the great majority of his cases are from cultures in which reincarnation is a dominant belief. India, Burma, Thailand, Sri Lanka, Turkey, Lebanon, and West Africa. This makes it easier for skeptics to dismiss his findings, no matter how rigorous his proof, because these cultures already believe in reincarnation. I knew it would take a highly detailed and verifiable case from a Judeo-Christian family to open Western minds to this reality. But neither Dr. Stevenson, his international colleagues, or I had ever found any American or European cases as richly detailed as the Asian cases. This was puzzling, and more than a little frustrating. In 2001, I got an email from Andrea Leininger. At first glance, it was like many others. Her son, James, suffered from severe, recurring nightmares of his plane crashing. The two-year-old was also obsessed with airplanes and seemed to have an uncanny knowledge of World War II planes. As I read her email, I noticed facts that fit a pattern I had often seen, nightmares of events a child couldn't possibly have experienced in his two or three short years of life, and an interest or an obsession relating to the content of his nightmare. We exchanged emails, and I was impressed with Andrea's insights. I got the feeling that she and her husband, Bruce, were down-to-earth, educated people who were wrestling to understand what was happening to their precious toddler. 
They were desperate for a way to help ease the terrifying nightmares that were disrupting all their lives. I was particularly intrigued by James's extensive knowledge of airplanes, facts that even his parents didn't know. I told the Liningers that James was remembering a past-life death, and I reiterated the techniques in my books, acknowledging what James was going through as a literal experience, and assure him that he is now safe, that the scary experience is over. Other parents had found these techniques worked to allay their children's fears and to let go of memories of a traumatic past-life death. Andrea understood. She intuitively knew what was happening with James, that he was suffering from actual memories of his plane crashing. I reassured her that she was capable of helping her son. I didn't hear from Andrea after that.